Good people all this Advent time Consider well and bear in mind Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. That Christmas morn, there was a blessed Messiah born. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church, advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for black lives. The angel said to Bethlehem, be not afraid, for there you'll find that happy morn. A princely babe, sweet Jesus With thankful heart and joyful mind, the shepherds went the babe to find. And as God's angel had foretold, they did our Savior Christ behold. Within a manger he was laid, and by his side the virgin made. Attending on the Lord of life Who came on earth to end all strife Good people all This This Advent time Consider well And bear in mind What our good God for us has done in sending His beloved Son. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. Matthew 24, 36 through 42. 
But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Amen. please the words of preparation which are printed in your bulletin. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. And now, as it happens almost every year, we are already in Advent. And we are also in what is known commercially as the Christmas season. Now, now you, may, you may have noticed these days, sometimes the Christmas season is beginning right after Halloween. <laughs> so the Christmas season asks us to be merry and to join the hustle and bustle, and to embrace joy. And if that's where you are emotionally, awesome. I rejoice with you. And I also know that in these days, 
with losses of loved ones and shifts in ways of being, uncertainty in jobs and changes in relationships, some of this related to COVID and some of it just part of life. Joy, joy, may be a more accurate reflection of what you're feeling these days. As a dear friend of mine at our Thanksgiving table who lost her brother due to COVID said to another dear friend who just lost her son six weeks ago, it's okay if you're not okay. The author of the book, The Gravity of Joy, Angela Gorrell, opens her book with these lines. America's crisis of despair crashed into my life when I was getting paid to think about joy. As a researcher at Yale's Center for Faith and Culture, Gorrell studied joy. What is joy? How do we cultivate it? What is it from a Christian perspective? In what way is God's joy our joy? Wow, it, it sounds kind of like a dream job to me, this kind of idea of being immersed in the, these positive ideas, these joyful questions, and it was at first for Goral. But eight months into her job, um, one week before Christmas, she was at her church hanging out with the youth, playing games, making crafts, and when the evening was over, she realized that she had left her cell phone in her car. So she got to her car and, and found her phone, and she saw that she had missed seven calls from her mom. Then she saw a text from her mom sharing that one of her family members had died by suicide. She fell to her knees in the parking lot, just devastated, weeping, as the news of this tragedy sank in. Well, as the pastor in her family, she traveled home and walked others through the funeral. And then she returned to New Haven, wondering how her family would recover. Then two weeks later, her 22-year-old nephew, who had had a previously unknown heart condition, died unexpectedly also. And then just five days later, her father, who had struggled with opioid abuse for 12 years, also died. Reeling from these losses, she found herself in an abyss of despair that she had no idea how to get out of. After nearly two years of struggling, thinking of joy as trivial and shallow, she realized the only way back to engaging joy without the cynical lens that she was stuck with was to be honest and vulnerable about the suffering that she was enduring. And as she opened up to that honesty and vulnerability and found places to share her truth, what she discovered is that joy is a gift. We can't pursue it. And the messages she said that she saw stitched on pillows or on decorative signs that proclaimed, choose joy, actually obscured the true nature of joy. Theologian Jürgen Moltmann, who has written on the uniqueness of joy within the Christian story, has said, you cannot make yourself joyful. 
This would be self-satisfaction, to be outside of yourself, watching yourself. Am I being happy or not? Am I being joyful or not? This will never lead to joy. Something unexpected must happen. Moltmann has pointed out that in the Greek, the words in the Bible that are translated as grace and joy are very similar, almost interchangeable in some places. And though grace, like joy, is of course complex and multi-layered and elusive in its definition, I think we do have enough of a grasp on what grace is that I don't think we would ever say, choose grace. Have you ever heard anyone say, choose grace? No. (laughs) We know that grace is a gift. We know it's free. We know it's unearned. We know it's unconditional. And so it is with joy. Joy comes to us as a surprise, unexpected. In our scripture today from Matthew, the writer is trying to deal with the fact that for some first century Christians, Christ was expected to return to earth in a certain way and bring about a revolution of being, a kind of of new heaven and new earth where joy was pervasive and persistent. But not only did that not happen as expected, the sacred site of the second temple in Jerusalem had been destroyed with only the Western Wall remaining. And for Jews and Jewish Christians of the first century, this was like the devastating loss of a loved one, the loss of faith, and the loss of hope all rolled into one. And in the face of this devastation, the followers of Jesus at that time were tumbling toward an abyss, which Angela Gorrell, the joy researcher, found herself in, that same place of despair out of which they were struggling to emerge from but had no way of knowing how to get out. And this this imagery, as you heard Alice read in the scripture today, it describes Two men will be in the field, and one will be taken, and the other left. Or two women will be grinding with a hand mill, one will be taken, and the other left. It it hits almost too close to home in these times when there truly is an empty chair at some Thanksgiving tables. But the point of the scripture is to say that even though we do know the pain and grief of loss. We don't know the mysteries of life and death, and we don't know what's coming next. You see, this is what Advent asks of us, to be honest about how we are and to admit, even embrace, that we do not know what is coming next. Advent asks nothing more from us than to stay open to whatever is coming next and to trust that there is a gift in the unexpected. Advent is about living with open hands, a readiness. And if we do, joy can find us. Andy Rood, who's an expert in youth ministry, has said, 
Joy is the very being and presence of God ministering to us. Joy is the very being and presence of God ministering to us. If this is so, then joy can always find us. So Angela Gorrell continued in what she described as the fog of grief for nearly two years until she hit that point where she realized she had to find a place where she could be honest, where she could be vulnerable. And one night she was at church and two women stood up and said they needed more help in the church's outreach to the local women's prison. And she says, there's no reason whatsoever that I should have signed up for this. I did not want to pray at that time. Um, it was hard to even want to talk with God. But she knew, she knew she needed a place to be with people with whom she could be honest. And she said, I was living with the hope that the Spirit was praying on my behalf, as it says in Romans 8. And she said she felt this thing in her gut that said, you should do this. And so she said yes, and it radically changed her life. She said that now her best advice to anyone struggling with despair and grief is to find a community where you can be honest and vulnerable and where there is no shame. The women Goral encountered in the prison were honest about their sadness and their regret over things that had happened in their lives. But they also lived open to God's grace and guidance and anticipated that God was, in her words, doing a work in them and was ministering to them even in that moment. How remarkable that in an environment that is utterly predictable, highly scheduled, highly regulated, that the women Goral encountered expected the unexpected. This last Thursday, uh, as our Thanksgiving conversation meandered, and I listened to my friend who had lost her brother, she shared of an unexpected experience. She was with her husband and his siblings, rafting down a river in Chile. And still in the throes of her own grief, she was also aware that this experience on earth with her brother was never going to be possible. She was just feeling the acuteness of that grief and pain. But all of a sudden, there was the inbreaking of something new. The spectacularness of the scenery, the peacefulness and exhilaration of the water, the experience of being with these other siblings and family, in a moment overwhelmed her and she began to weep. She said it was an emotion that she had not, never felt before. Acute grief and acute joy mixed together. She said it was indescribable, an amazing feeling that opened her heart in a new way. Part of our journey this Advent is to read the book of joy together, written by the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu, as they explore, explore dimensions of joy in light of their lives, which for both of them have included much suffering. As the book opens, Archbishop Tutu says, discovering more joy does not 
I'm sorry to say, save us from the inevitability of hardship and heartbreak. In fact, we may cry more easily, but we will laugh more easily too. Perhaps we are just more alive. I believe that's what my friend was experiencing, a place in her heart uh, not existing or maybe just not accessible became open and the result was joy. Archbishop Tutu went on to say, yet as we discover more joy, we can face suffering in a way that ennobles rather than embitters. We have hardship without becoming hard. We have heartbreak without being broken. Joy. So here is the good news, friends. Though we don't know what is coming next in our personal stories, we do know what is coming next in our faith story. A birth is coming. We are anticipating the inbreaking of the incarnation, God with us, always present and always fresh, a gift. We are anticipating that which we long for, whether that is on earth or beyond this earth. Though we may experience pain in the absence of a loved one and grieve at the reality of an empty chair, we also know that another experience, a new experience of that loved one is possible because of this gift. We anticipate this new experience even as we see new signs of connection and presence. We anticipate that which we long for will be made real. Jürgen Moltmann has said that anticipatory joy is the greatest joy. Another word for this greatest joy, anticipatory joy, is hope. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The joy of hope. Amen.
You've been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week. If we believe that we should make a new beginning If we are sure that we to try and make this life worth living then we must look within as well as up above one What we have seen